Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome back to our pastors, Chris and Vicky. As Carmen said, I am uh, wondering, having returned from holiday, uh, do you have the obligatory like, fridge magnets, bumper stickers, and teaspoons? Did you bring home some souvenirs for the team? Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> he said he might be British, but he's not that bad. You don't have a teaspoon collection, like four cabinets wide. <laughs> uh, so we're in week two of uh, series, The Extra Mile, or Why the Extra Mile. Uh, and the title comes from uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 5, uh, verse 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now, last week I shared the, kind of, the longer verse around that, but that's where we get the title from. And really, I'm not going to talk about that verse uh, much until next week, uh, because it's a two-week build-up to uh, discover what that's all about. Uh, this is a really one message in three parts, uh, dissected over each of the three weeks. And at its core, I want this series to provoke some thought and discussion about how we go navigating life and relationships in an often, insert word here, world. Divided, uh, tough times, yeah, unprecedented world, uh, whatever word you might be using to describe uh, situation and our current uh, generation, this current season, particularly the last two years, insert that word here, how do we go about navigating that world, this world? Last week, we talked about unity and what unites us as a base of where to start from. Not unity that makes us all the same and makes us think all the same things, but unity that is established on common understanding and belief from which we live out our lives and have our behaviour and decisions shaped. So, what do we agree on? What unites us? Our dogma or doctrine. There was unity found in what we believe. That's where the unity comes from. And that, was summed up, that is summed up nicely in the Apostles' Creed or in song by Hillsong, This I Believe. So if you don't know that song, uh, if you heard it for the first time last week, add it to your playlists on Spotify, iTunes, whatever other source of music you use. Uh, this I Believe, the Creed, it is called. And in the middle, uh, we've got dogma, doctrine, uh, and theology and ideology. Theology is how we study the Bible and apply it to our current climate, our current world. Uh, and talked about how if we order things incorrectly, if we start with our ideology and look back to the Bible, it's like having our reading glasses on uh, back to front or using our theology in, in the reverse order, looking at our world and trying to figure out how to apply it to the Bible. It's not, not quite the right way to do it. Today, we're going to talk around uh, our identity and where our true source of authority comes from. Uh, but first, I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this season. Thank you for this opportunity to share this word. And I pray your Holy Spirit is uh, reaching and teaching and talking to each one of us about where we're at in this insert, world, insert word here, world. Whatever our circumstance, whatever our current climate, whatever we're going through as a family and our workplace, pray you have something for each one of us this morning. Amen. 
So we're going to examine who we are and where our source of authority comes from. And last week we talked about those ideologies. There were a lot of isms in ideologies in terms of the labels of what they are. And if you follow one of those, then you're probably an ist. And a short definition, just to remind you of ideology, is a set of beliefs, values and principles that is comprehensive and cohesive enough to be the foundation for a society or culture. Now, moving on from what we do agree on, which is our dogma, our doctrine, and where our unity is, we get into the areas which we may not agree, ideologies and opinions. If we're going to understand how to live in these times, we need to know how to navigate opinions. Now, the ranges of opinions we see at the moment aren't actually a new thing. It's easy to kind of think of our current circumstance and say, well, there's opinions over here about this, and then they go right across the spectrum to that. Well, it's very much like the world that Jesus came into. Jesus lived in a world of political divide, living in a conquered land under a, a foreign ruler while also having Jewish, Samaritan and Gentile conflicts and also a religious divide within the Jewish community between Sadducees and Pharisees. A lot of opinion, a lot of spectrum, uh, a lot of confusion, a lot of disagreement. So it's not a new thing. It's not just a thing that our generation is so different to every other generation. We, but how do we go about carrying our opinions and living with differing opinions? After all, we don't and won't agree on absolutely everything, and I'm not asking you to. Some opinions are easy to live amongst. For instance, who here, out of chocolate or vanilla, prefers chocolate? See, that's a pretty easy opinion. If you walk around saying, I'm a chocolate guy or I'm a vanilla girl, then, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm probably shouldn't have said it that way. But I prefer chocolate, I prefer vanilla or caramel or salted caramel. You know, it's not going to change your life beyond that kind of moment of tasting and, and consuming that food. Are you a Ford or a Holden fan? Maybe you don't care, but if you had to choose out of one of the two, I would probably go forward because all the Holdens that are getting made at the moment are getting made overseas and, and seem to be failing. I hear nothing but bad things about... Oh, actually, I won't say the model in case you've got one. <laughs> What's the best TV show you've watched this year? For us, it's Ted Lasso. But what's your, what's your opinion? You've, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. I, we might banter about it, but ultimately the TV show that you prefer this year is not going to affect, uh, consequentially, your life in a big way. Uh, same about a favourite movie. So some opinions in our world are very easy to live amongst and live with and can be fun to discuss. I'm not here to tell you what to think, far from it but rather to offer thoughts and challenges to reflect on how to live Christ-like amongst everything going on. That is, in our behaviour, our words, our attitudes, our character and how we treat others, are we imitating Jesus? After all, sharing opinions just for opinion's sake or to argue isn't actually considered very nicely in Proverbs. Proverbs 18.1 An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends, and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. 
Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Sometimes all you've got to do is just read the Bible and uh, it's a mic drop, I'm just going to walk off stage. <laughs> we also need to consider how and where we share our opinions. Social media can be great for many things, but I have rarely seen people share opinions and have discourse and dialogue uh, that is constructive or done wisely, even on less consequential subjects. I have probably two friends in my network that talk about controversial things and articulate the arguments really well, even when the response is, and I'm just like, I like the argument, or I, I like the discussion, but just the ability and the time that it would take to articulate that in a way and then be prepared to do all that response. Uh, and, and sometimes it's even not on controversial things. So out of, uh, I don't know how many friends I've got on Facebook, I, I haven't counted, I'm probably not as popular as some, but it's, I know it's in the hundreds. There's probably one or two people I can think out of all of that, that, yeah, it's a very, very low percentage. And then even the people that jump on that discussion, even though you can get those respectful people do it really well, uh, majority of the people that jump on that thread aren't necessarily inclined the same way. So very, very rarely is it done constructively or done wisely. Personally, I've chosen to have social media to play, be a place where I share family updates and news, maybe the odd joke or a bit of banter, but certainly not a place for uh, my opinions or my stronger opinions. I have people in my world from all walks of life and beliefs, and I have no need to potentially alienate them just because I want to share an opinion. I have people in my workplace of all sorts of beliefs. I have people in my family that have very different beliefs, immediate family and wider family. And just because I f feel like I want to share my opinion, it's actually not necessary. I'm more interested in relationship and keeping relationship with people. And as Paul says, uh, make every effort at all times to live at peace with all people. Yeah. Now, and when it comes to these opinions that might become big opinions or problems or something we are fired up about, uh, Steve Burgess, the head of C3 for Pacific, shared something uh, just this week on Facebook, uh, ironically, <laughs> but quite, quite articulate. He said, Probably smart to resist the urge to viscerally vent on social media. A problem shared poorly can become a problem multiplied. <laughs> Wise words. Uh, and then shared this verse from James 1, 19 to 20. Uh, I changed the version that he, he shared, but everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. He continues, these are trying times that call for a lot of patience, wisdom, and restraint. So in that verse, if we could ha have that up again, please. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Online in particular, at the moment, in the last few years, you'd almost say it's the other way around. People say something online, quick to become angry. 
quick to speak. I've got to share my opinion. I've got to uh, articulate what I say against what has happened or what people are saying and slow to listen. That is not how James says we should be with our mouth and our ears. Now, to be able to walk these lines and handle these different opinions in our world, we need to show humility. As the old joke of, yeah, I could say I'm the most humble person in the world. Or it's, it's like those, those Christian things about don't pray for patience because you'll get it. But it, you can't really brag about having humility. It's just something you need to work at. And uh, if you ask Jesus to give it to you, be prepared to be humbled. <laughs> It'll come in a way that you least expect it and will do the work. We can show humility and opinions in two ways. Humility and displaying and sharing our opinions with others. And humility and love, as I mentioned last week, and listening to and understanding those other opinions. The Bible has a lot to say about humility. I have one, two, six verses here. So you might just grab the references uh, quickly. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 22.4, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honour and life. Colossians 3.12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. James 3.13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done, and the humility that comes from wisdom. See, humility and wisdom are uh, quite closely aligned in a few of these verses. 1 Peter 5.5. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to elders, to your elders, all of you, Clothe yourselves with humility. It seems to imply that it's something you can put on. You take an action to do. Toward, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. You want a little favour in your life? There you go. That's how you get favour in your world. Clothe yourself with humility. Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather than humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. As I mentioned just before, two ways we can show humility. In displaying and sharing our opinions, and listening to and understanding others' opinions. Now, I don't think there is a bigger topic which is a subject of many opinions than COVID. Uh, particularly the last two years, but even if you think back in the last few decades. So how do we walk this area with humility? Well, I'm not going to tell you what to think in, uh, on certain topics, but I want to share some of my experience uh, that might help you. It starts with understanding the limitations of our own opinions. That's a pretty humbling thing right there. Yeah. That's why we need to clothe ourselves with that humility. But aren't my opinions valid? Aren't they my truth for, to be shared with the world? Shouldn't I stand up and yet tell everybody my truth? I've seen relationships blow up on that belief. Yeah. People so fixated on sharing their truth 
that, that phrase just, that's a, it's a bigger topic for another day. But it just, there's so many layers where that is troublesome. Speaking and sharing and speaking truth and opinions without consequence for relationships and impact and true humility is really damaging. I need to understand my limitations. So when it comes to certain topics like medicine, I acknowledge I am no expert. So for my health story, I have needed to defer to the various medical professionals in my world, and I've seen a lot of them in the last two years. The list includes people like um, a GP, physician, uh, multiple endocrinologists, uh, multiple neurosurgeons, uh, multiple pain specialists, neurologists, uh, ENTs and surgeons, oncologists, radiotherapists, physio, chiro, and various nurses and other professionals, some quite specialised in their uh, teams and departments. And the risks of each step of treatment are explained, uh, and I understand to the level that I can. I've had to sign papers agreeing to the risks for treatment, even ones that include death as a real risk. It would take an inordinate amount of time to properly understand what is in the unique drugs and treatments I had I taken have gone through. Uh, and if I had to measure it, it would probably take a medical, medical degree and a few specialities, uh, which, which, which might take uh, probably 10 years or so to uh, understand that effectively to an expert level. So I trust my experts. Don't get me wrong, I think it is good to learn and gain knowledge when it comes to our health and health matters for us personally, for our families. But in the end, I'm required to trust those whose formal responsibility is to advise me on such matters. And I'll talk more next week about how we live uh, and in a world where, and act towards authorities and people with formal responsibility over us. Think Rome. <laughs> so I feel compelled to hold my opinions, particularly on those matters about which I lack expertise, with due humility. I am also not entitled to propagate, share idea or share ideas that I am ill-equipped to make proper judgment, expertise judgment on. See, the Bible exhorts us to adopt an attitude of modesty in our convictions that matches both our capacity and our responsibility. Paul says in Romans 12.3, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. That's humility right there. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Now, I read an interesting piece recently by Matthew Jacoby. He's a Baptist minister and a theology lecturer based out of Geelong. He wrote an interesting piece. He says, in the current situation, many people are advocating their opinions with a level of conviction that far exceeds what is possible for them in terms of their capacity in such matters. In the same cases, it is invariably also not their role to do so. Notice, I'm not commenting on whether people are right or wrong in their opinions. There are many opinions on many topics in life, and to judge them all right or wrong is impossible. And when it comes to COVID, I acknowledge there are many layers to the issues stemming from COVID and the impacts, such as physical and mental health, political impacts, economic situations, community and relationships impacted, personal lives impacted in many, many ways. 
I also don't believe it's my place or any minister's place to use the pulpit as a place to share my opinions on such matters, particularly around health advice from professionals. Our job as ministers is to lead you in a relationship with God, helping you understand the Bible, apply it to your life, and how to live imitating Jesus and being led by the Spirit in your daily life. Not to tell you what to think, but how to hear from God and how to live out your life and make your decisions. Look, do I have opinions on these topics? Oh, yes, I do. But I choose to share them in smaller, more personal settings where there could be a respectful opportunity for discussion. But more importantly, I choose to do it where there's due consideration of the size and the member of the audience and their various life situations. I share them in a way where the impact is relative to the group and the size and what I understand the capacity and knowing my capacity and limitations to have such a discussion. And from where I'm standing right now, live streaming my opinions, not very wise. <laughs> we might not all have a pulpit like this, but we all have platforms. How do you use your platform? How do I use my platforms? If I open my phone, I've got several platforms in there. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, blah, 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 even social media apps you haven't heard of that started a few years ago that probably are whittling away. And uh, somewhere in the archives of the internet is my MySpace account. <laughs> uh, anyone do a GeoCities website back in the day in the 90s? No, okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that still exists. So platforms have existed for a long time, but now they are mobile, they're very easy to share. We can live stream video instantly. Jacoby, uh, Matthew Jacoby also goes on to say, sharing a video or article might seem innocent enough. It's very easy. One click, bang, done. But if it causes a person to go against the advice of their doctor, you are, ethically speaking, playing a role that is not yours to play. Does the recipient of that video or article have the capacity to judge the argument being presented? Data never speaks for itself. In this article, he talks about the complexities of not just the science side, but uh, statistics and uh, the, the scale of numbers. And just to truly interpret data, let, let aside all the health stuff, uh, you've got to actually understand data science uh, to, to do that properly. It takes a lot of research training in the relevant field to assess what we might see as bare facts. He continues, the only thing that will come from this flood of unentitled counsel is confusion, fear, discord, and possibly great harm. So we need to consider, are our opinions driven by our dogma, doctrine, and Christian beliefs, or our ideologies first? What way around? Where are they coming from? For example, a, cre a key Christian value and teaching is that we should look after the vulnerable and those who can't look after themselves. One of the reasons we talked earlier about supporting the women's shelter, uh, people in unfortunately vulnerable situations where we do what we can two or three times across the year to help and bless them in a time uh, where they really need it. It's just one example of how we can live out that value and that teaching. Michael Frost, a, 
um, minister from, I think it's from Sydney. As a person of faith, we have a moral and ethical challenge to consider what opinions and actions lead to the best outcomes for those in our community who may be vulnerable and suffering. We have a moral, moral and ethical challenge to consider what opinions and actions lead to the best outcomes for those who may be vulnerable and suffering. So I'm not telling you what is right or wrong, but we need to consider where the source of our opinions comes from, or more specifically, how we build those opinions up. Then ask, are our opinions leading to behaviour that is Christ-like, and should I share them? Do we build and share them with humility? Humility of our own input and humility towards others' views and our impact on them. So, I mentioned authority at the start and we're coming to an end. So what cuts through the noise of opinions? Where does our source of authority come from? When someone has true experience and expertise on a topic, they carry a certain authority. The good news in this world of opinions, the one opinion that really matters and for which we all carry true authority on is our testimony. Revelation 12:11. they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. The two things that accomplished victory triumphed over him as referring to Satan, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So, what is my testimony as an example? Here's the three to four, uh, I think it's four sentence version. I grew up in a Christian home but felt like God was guiding and leading me in certain decisions even as a child, particularly as I reflect back on pivotal points of my childhood. That's not part of the four sentences, that's an inserted long parenthesis, including this statement right now. <laughs> my teens weren't easy, but in time I discovered who God really says I am and the purpose for my life. When I really encountered the power of the Holy Spirit for the first time in my teens, my life direction changed pretty quickly, leading me to Bible College in New Zealand and then moving to Australia. While I've made some mistakes and encountered a few trials along the way, the last two years are a pretty good example of a trial, I stand knowing that God is for me, he is faithful, I'm a child of God and all things are working for good. This is not my opinion. It is my testimony as a position of authority from which to speak and share, especially to remind the devil of when he likes to come along and try and uh, interfere with your world. As a Christian, I don't simply hold an opinion about Jesus. I'm a first-hand witness to the presence and power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in my life. I have a more immediate connection with God, therefore, than I do with anything in the world. This is what separates our Christian gospel witness from our opinions. It's first-hand experience. That's where our authority comes from. I don't just have an opinion about Jesus. I have a first-hand testimony. You have a first-hand testimony. If you've made that decision to follow Jesus, you have a first-hand testimony. It is this testimony to Jesus that we are called to represent openly and boldly. So, back to humility, briefly. There is, however, one particularly important reason why we, as Christians, should show humility in our personal opinions. 
It is because we are called to be heralds of the good news about Jesus Christ. But if we are outspoken on matters which we are relatively ignorant or unqualified to share, what happens is things start to get muddy. We will not only lose our credibility, but our witness to Christ will get lost in a tangle of controversy. So the question is, is it more important to share your opinion or to win people to Jesus? And by sharing your opinions, are you winning people to Jesus or is it interfering? By sharing our opinions, are we living out and imitating Christ and sharing Christ with the world? Or are we creating arguments and tangling and, and muddling how people see us? And, and ultimately seeing Jesus in and through us. So we're to be humble and guarded with our opinions, but bold and open with our testimony. If you want to carry authority in this world, you need to understand what you believe. It's last week, what we believe, what brings us unity, and who you are, your identity and your testimony. George, could I please have it? For me, Ephesians 1, I don't have it on the screen, was a big part of me forming my identity and security in Jesus. Just going to read some highlights. Ephesians 1, uh, 3. Uh, praise, be to God, uh, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us. He chose you. He chose me. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You're holy and blameless. No matter what has happened in your world, you're holy and blameless in the eyes of Jesus. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Be sons and daughters of God through Jesus. Uh, Jumping to verse seven, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He gives us redemption, forgiveness. That should give you a whole bunch of security and identity right there. No matter what's going on, no matter what I've done, the mistakes I've made, where life has taken me to, I have redemption through the forgiveness of sin. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen. And then jumping on to verse 13, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. I think the message translation uh, talks about being signed, sealed, and delivered. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. When you believe Jesus, the Holy Spirit came into your life. You got first-hand experience with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of heaven and earth. You have authority in this world to share your testimony. Your testimony carries authority. It, it cuts through opinion because it is your story. It is true. It is where your authority comes from. 
Now, after hearing my shortened testimony and maybe hearing some of those verses, you might want to make, take a moment to make that decision to follow Jesus, to accept that forgiveness of sins, to go, okay, I get it. I'm a son and a daughter of God. No matter what is happening in the world, I'll accept, I'll say sorry for what I've done and accept that forgiveness so I can have that Holy Spirit and walk with Jesus. We can say sorry, thank you, and please. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong and doing my way. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. And please come into my life and lead me each day by your Holy Spirit. If you're online, there'll be a raised hand button that you can press so somebody can pray with you and help you through that prayer. If you're here in person, after the service, please come and talk to the, uh, the people available for prayer after the service, or myself, or Chris and Vicky, if you would like to make that decision. But before I finish, I just want to take a moment just to reflect. You can stay... S- Take a moment just to reflect. Uh, What is your testimony? What is your authority in this world? Let's just take a moment. We can close our eyes, stay seated. Think about your testimony, your experiences. When did Jesus come into your world? Go back to that moment when you encountered Jesus. When you accepted him as your Lord and Saviour. Sometimes life gets difficult. We wonder where God is in our world. If you want to remind yourself of where God is in your world, it's a little tip. Just take a minute or two. Reflect on that moment of salvation, of decision, where you surrendered in humility and said, I need Jesus. As, as well as that could also be the moment you first encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. I can remember it pretty distinctly. Remember how old I was, the room I was in, uh, and it happened to be when I was praying for somebody else. If you want to remember the authority you have in the world, it's going to remember your testimony, your story, where God has moved in your world. It's when the devil comes along knocking, trying to pull you back into your old world, old habits, old behavior. By the word of your testimony and the blood of the lamb, you can overcome. Remind him of who Jesus says you are take that moment to remember that decision point because that is where your source of authority in this world comes from.